With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today uh, we're talking about the offensive line a little bit. Um, heard from Mitch Rodrig this morning. Heard from Kari Cooch and uh, Frank Phillip. So we're going to talk through what we learned there. Um, we got a little bit of information, and also there's the scrimmage tomorrow that we're kind of getting ready for. Uh, and then at the end of today's show, we're going to have to go through the DraftKings Pick of the Week and talk about what to expect from college football this weekend. But first, uh, let me tell you about what's going on at Green Mountain Dental. Green Mountain Dental is the place to go for any of your dental needs. It's a great family-owned dentistry. It's conveniently located just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lakewood. And uh, they're huge Colorado sports fans. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us. They make it easy to support them, though, because they have a special offer just for DMVR listeners. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure you take advantage of that deal. Uh, Our sales director, Lindsay, went in there a couple of months ago to get her wisdom teeth out and said it was literally the best experience of her life. So get in there. use or get their cleaning x-ray and exam and get your free sonicare toothbrush from green mountain dental group okay so um some notes from this morning talking to the the offensive line coach new offensive line coach uh, mitch rodrigue as well as your left guard kari cooch and your likely frank ta- or right tackle frank uh, Philip. So Mitch Rodriguez went first. Uh, he kind of talked about the group. He said, uh, some interesting things. Um, the biggest, biggest point that I came away thinking about was just that this group isn't ready yet. And that's not a huge surprise because they've only gotten to wear pads for what they started Tuesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, four days now. I think today was their fourth day in pads. So 
For offensive linemen, it takes a little bit of time to get going and get clicking and build that chemistry and just get used to what you're doing. Also, they're going up against a great defensive line, and that's something that Mitch Rodriguez said too. He was asked about it and basically said, yeah, that is a very good defensive line. They're polished. They know what they're doing, and they challenge us, uh, and that's a good thing, but it does make things hard for the offensive line. Um, Coach Rodriguez said uh, stuff like, everybody looks good in walkthroughs, um, but you don't really know what to expect until you make a guy play physical and see what happens when you put something in his face. Um, you know, he said zoom doesn't tell you how to get your hands or how to get your hat placed, uh, your helmet and, uh, just stuff like that. Um, just that it's so hard to teach all of the technique that the new offensive line coach wants to teach. And remember, this is the third offensive line coach in three years. And they all want things done differently. They all put emphasis on different details. And so it, it is hard to step in there right away and click because you don't really even know everything that's being asked of you. You know, you can talk through the scheme on Zoom. You can talk through some of those sorts of things. But through Zoom, you can't put your hands on somebody's chest and have Mitch walk over and grab them and put them where they're supposed to be, you know? And so I, I I don't think that it's too surprising that it's kind of a slow start. It's not like he's disappointed. Like he's, I think he said like, we're happy with where we are, but we have a long ways to go still. Um, he also said uh, that the, the offensive line looks better in pass protection right now. Just that that's like a, a little bit easier to get back. There aren't as many details. It isn't quite so physical. Um, and so the run blocking is still a work in progress. In terms of who's going to be playing, um, I mean, it's the same line we've heard quite a bit. Basically, the best five are going to play. Um, he said that eventually they want to get to the point where they're recruiting the guys that are very positionally based. You know, they want to recruit true left tackles and right tackles and guards and centers. But until you have a bunch of like six foot eight guys, who can only play outside, the lot of them are pretty interchangeable. And what's most important is just getting five guys out there who can play well together. Um, as of now, it sounds like the... So, okay, let's see. These spots are set. So Will Sherman at left tackle, that's pretty much a set. Colby Purcell at center is pretty much set. You know, we got a chance to talk to Colby a couple days ago. Uh, and I said, like, he's a bright guy. He has a lot to say. Um, talking, I can't remember if it was Mitch or one of the linemen who said that Colby is the smartest guy in the room. Um, and that's really what you want. He's stepping into a leadership role as the center of this line. You know, centers typically are the smart guys. I mean, the classic example is um, Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday. Um, for, like, basically Peyton's entire career, Jeff Saturday was his center with the Colts. Um, and he was a super smart guy. They could work together so that Peyton could spend more time looking at coverages because he could trust Jeff to look at where everything's going in the front seven. Um, and, and so that's what you really want is a smart guy in the middle, and they found that with Colby Purcell moving back to center now. Uh, in between those two with Sherman at the tackle spot on the left side, uh, Colby at center, um, it's sounding like it's going to be Kari Cooch. 
Um, he's like one of the guys who is more established, has spent more time on the field, so that's not really a surprise. The questions are more on the right side. And the way that Mitch Rodriguez explained it was basically this. Um, think of Casey Roddick as the right guard and Frank Phillip as the right tackle and Kanan Ray is really competing with both of them. And so, you know, it's it's this three-way competition where if Casey gets one of the spots, he's at guard. If uh, Frank gets one of the spots, he's at tackle. And then if Kanan gets one of the spots, then he'll just go wherever the other guy isn't. Um, and, and that's what things are looking at right now. Um, an interesting note. So I asked him uh, what to expect from the scrimmage tomorrow in terms of rotation. Is it going to be um, a, a bunch of people rotating in with the starters or what's what's the plan there? And he said that there is one minor injury, a temporary injury that he didn't really seem concerned about at all. That means that they'll basically just going with the five that they have tomorrow in that first scrimmage on Saturday. So uh, that is kind of a, a statement in a way. You know, if one guy's out, then nobody else rotates in. I think it's pretty safe to say that these are the six guys who are really competing to be in the starting lineup. Um, no idea who's banged up. We don't get too many injury details like that. Um but, I mean, I guess there will probably be pictures that will be given tomorrow, and maybe we can make some assumptions based on those. Um, after that, though, Coach Rodrigue went on to say something that I thought was really interesting, um, that he will have more of a rotation with the second unit, and that that's where there's a whole lot of competition because you just don't really know um, which of those guys are going to step up. And he said, in particular, with the second unit, the center and guard spots are where he's going to be looking um, at rotating more players in. So if we look through the depth chart a little bit... Um, Listed at backup left guard behind Kari Cooch, uh, there's Chance Lytle and Josh Gines. Chance was shouted out by of one of those two. I I can't remember. I think it was Frank. Um, when asked essentially like who who's really impressed you, uh, that was a name that was thrown out there. Austin Johnson was thrown out there, um, and uh, so that's something to pay attention to. So Chance Lytle is listed as the number two with Josh Gines at the number three. At center, there are only two listed. Obviously, Colby Purcell, the starter. Austin Johnson behind him. Uh, he's one to watch. And then at right guard, you have Casey Roddick listed as the number two behind Kane and Ray. And then Carson Lee is listed as the number three, the true freshman. So... You know, if, if we go through and just talk about these guys who are number twos, ignore Casey Roddick because he's competing for a starting spot. He's in that top six at the very least. You have Chance Lytle, Josh Gines, Austin Johnson, Carson Lee. That'll be interesting to see how those four kind of, I mean, essentially like out of the four, 
two of them are going to get backup spots. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's some more wild cards, some dark horses in there um, that didn't make it onto this edition of the depth chart. But I think that that'd be pretty fair to say. I think it'd be really exciting to see um, Carson Lee as a true freshman go out there and get himself a, a real opportunity to be, you know, probably that seventh offensive lineman at best. Um, or even even if you're just like eighth, nine, you're in that rotation, you're close to being ready to play. Um, I don't know. That'll be that'll be worth paying attention to, though. Um, I think that that was pretty much it from uh, Coach Rodrigue. Good stuff, interesting stuff for sure. Um, talking with the other guys. Uh, Frank talked a little bit about uh, the difference between him now and when he played. I think he started two games as a true freshman the year before last. Um, and he said at that point he was 262 pounds, and now he's up to 295, uh, which is a obvious, obviously like a huge weight change and a very important one too if you're going to be able to hold up playing that position. Um, so that's good to know you know if you have gone back and watched or if you just kind of remember your thoughts when frank was on the field a lot keep in mind that this is going on uh mitch also said about frank that sitting out a year did hurt him i mean that's not a surprise to hear because that's honestly just what you expect from a guy who sits out a year um but he said specifically just like learning football just knowing football is an area where he can improve but it, it, it it's not like prohibitive by any means um, uh, Frank said that he's enjoyed going up against Jeremiah Doss, um, in practice because those two are roommates. Um, it's always kind of interesting to hear who's rooming with who, because, you know, like, I, I think I asked one of the quarterbacks when we were talking to Tyler Lytle and Sam Neuer, who their roommate was just because I was curious if Carl had put those two together. Um, but it doesn't sound like it. And from everybody we've heard, from I don't think there's been one person who's roomed with somebody who plays the same position as them. Um, it's forcing people to branch out. But, you know, it's like Frank said, they go at it in practice and then they wind up in the hotel every night and they laugh about it. And so I think that it is good to uh, – it's still a very good thing that they're forced to be in that hotel together. I think obviously from a preventing an outbreak perspective, but also just in terms of team building, because it is such a young team with new coaches. I don't know. It's, it's a tough spot, but hopefully this can kind of microwave those relationships. Um, I think that that's pretty much it. Um, Breckenridge brewery is the official beer of DNVR it's a true Colorado company, um, and although it is based in Colorado still, you can now buy their beers in 36 different states. So if you're an out-of-states buff fan and you still haven't had a chance to try any Breckenridge beers, now is the time. There are so many good ones right now. The Palisade Peach, the Strawberry Sky is my favorite, um, Mango Mosaic, Mountain Beach, so many great fruity beers, and a whole bunch of beers for people who don't have the same taste as me, people who like their porters and IPAs and all that kind of stuff. They really do have somebody for ev or something for everybody. So 
get on the Breckenridge Brewery website, go to the beer locator, and figure out where you can pick up whatever beer it is that you do want to try. Um, chances are there's going to be plenty of options nearby, and it'll just tell you which direction to go to pick up whatever it is that you want. Super convenient. Haven't tried Strava Craft Coffee yet? Well, we are selling Strava Cold Brew at the DMVR bar, so come down and try some. You can also subscribe to Strava and save 20% with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. We know a bunch of you have taken advantage of the one-time code, and now you can save 20% off your favorite coffee forever. You'll never have to put your credit card info in again. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so make sure you check out Strava Craft Coffee. If you've never tried the rich CBD-infused Strava Craft Coffee, you can use code DNVR20 and save 20% off your first order. If you're a huge fan, like I said, you can now get 20% off by heading to their website and subscribing. That'll mean that you get your coffee uh, in however you want it, whether you want beans or grounds or K-cups, It'll come to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. And because you picked a subscription plan, you'll get 20% off every single time. And you don't even have to think about it anymore. No more like entering your credit card information, any of that. Your coffee is just taken care of and you don't have to think about it. Uh, you can sign up. You can cancel at any time. No strings attached. And you can also try it around Denver, not just at the DMVR bar, but at Carbon Cafe and Bar. Uh, yeah, Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sca Sparrow Coffee, Max Market, and so many more. Um, and CBD has helped so many people. This is non-psychoactive. That means it doesn't get you high. All it does is just help with whatever is troubling you, whether you have anxiety or some other mental illness or you have something physical like back pain or IBS or something like that. Use Strava Craft Coffee and see if it helps because so many people have said that it has helped them. And remember, purchase online for 20% off using code DMVR20 or subscribe and save 20% on every single order. All right, it's Friday, and that means it's time to talk about college football. Um, we are so close to having a full slate of college football. And you know what? I haven't said this yet, but I really think that there are a lot of good things happening for the Buffs with this schedule. Um, the fact that they get to be one of the new teams that nobody's been able to see for the last month and a half, I think that'll make people want to watch those games. Like, I think that there really is a fatigue watching the same teams over and over and over again. Even if you're not really doing it on purpose, like just looking through, like I've watched Florida play football probably, I think, have I missed a game yet? No, I think I've paid like a lot of attention to all three. North Carolina, I've turned on a couple times. Texas, I've seen pretty much everything Texas has done. Um, let's see. What else? Are there any others in here? Oh, Miami. Uh, Clemson, I've been in and out. Bam, I've seen a lot. Like, that is kind of how I feel right now. And plus, there are a whole bunch more. That's just teams in the top 25. But there are just so many teams that I have watched over and over again. And I really like a lot of them. Like, I enjoy watching Florida. But if you said that I could watch USC instead, or I guess I'm kind of close to the Pac-12 so we can use the Big Ten. Like, obviously, if I could watch Ohio State, it, I would love to watch Ohio State. Same thing with Wisconsin, Penn State. But even some of the more fringe type teams, like what is Minnesota this year, for example? Um, what else do I want to see there? 
Iowa would be fun. Northwestern. I'm always down to watch like one or two Northwestern games. Oh, Michigan State, of course. Um, Nebraska, like watching them lose. And just because I feel like I've seen so many of the other teams, once the Big Ten is back, I am going to spend, which is next weekend, by the way, I'm going to spend most of the weekend watching all these Big Ten teams for the first time. And then two weeks later, we get the Pac-12 back. And I think it's going to be the same thing, not just for me, but for a whole lot of college football fans. And we'll see what exactly happens and what the ratings are like. And there's a whole bunch of different changes this year and the way they're scheduled and all of them being on, well, I guess it's not what they're on, it's what they're not on. And what they won't be broadcast on is the Pac-12 network, which is huge for the conference. Just giving people the opportunity to watch, you know, just letting people have the choice because it's crazy. But the Pac-12 network was only in 16 million households which is a lot of households, but in the grand scheme of trying to uh, push college football to the other side of the country, that's not going to do the trick. So I am really excited, and I do think that there are some opportunities to make some noise. You know, if Colorado goes out there and wins four of their six games, people might take note. Going four and two is impressive. That's a 67% win percentage, and it's a small sample size for sure, but that kind of just helps the Buffs' chances, and I, I don't know. You, you can grab some attention this season. Um, in terms of games tomorrow that I'm excited for, well, see, this is the DraftKings pick of the week, and what's so tough about it is the games I'm really excited to watch are typically games where I... I'm excited to see what happens and not necessarily the games where I have strong takes. Uh, let's just run through some of these. Um, are we talking about tonight's games? Sure, why not? Um, how about the BYU game tonight? If you guys haven't watched BYU yet, you should. Um, that is a really fun team. That's another one of the teams that the last couple of weeks, I guess I missed their first two games, but the last two games I've watched wire to wire because it is just such an entertaining football team. That quarterback, Zach Wilson, if he keeps on the same pace that he's on, he's going to be a first-round draft pick this year. The kid has wheels. He can throw the ball downfield. His deep ball completion percentage is right up there with anybody in the country. He is special. Um, Gunnar Romney, the receiver, is incredibly fun to watch, averaging over 100 yards per game on like five catches per game. Uh, sometimes they'll get him involved running the ball a little bit too. Um, Tyson Algier, the running back. This is a team that I am kind of falling in love with. And what's the line on this tonight? They're only three and a half point favorites over Houston. I'm going to hammer BYU covering that tonight. Um, Getting into tomorrow, Pittsburgh-Miami is going to be interesting. Um, Miami coming off their first down week. Uh, put up 31 points in week one, then 47, then 52. And then last week, Clemson held them to 17. And obviously, like when you play a team like Clemson, that's just totally different than playing anybody else in the ACC. But I kind of hoped that this was the year that Miami was going to be able to hang with Clemson. They just aren't quite there yet. Now the question is, what happens when they face another tough defense in Pittsburgh that could put them in a position where their hangover could continue into this weekend? Um, Pittsburgh lost last week um, in overtime to Boston College. Um, 
still only gave up 31 points, including that overtime. Um, seriously, a very good defensive football team. And even though Pittsburgh's lost the last two, they might be able to beat up Miami a little bit because Miami is going to have that hangover after playing how they did play against Clemson. I think they might be slow to start. And maybe instead of paying attention to that Miami minus 13 line, maybe that first quarter line or that first half line taking Pittsburgh might be a decent idea uh, just because I do think Miami is going to be a little bit slow out of the gates. Um, yeah, I don't want to make any like official picks on that one. Um, Auburn, South Carolina. Auburn only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's so tempting, and I think it's probably good value. Um, if you want to continue like your hatred of Colin Hill from when he was a Ram, you can do that too if you put money on Auburn. Always a plus. Um, those receivers at Auburn are just so good. Bo Nix isn't living up to my expectations for him, but... <sighs> I do I do think that against South Carolina they should be able to to get loose enough to go win this game and with a line at two and a half that means you win if they win by a field goal or more I like Auburn in that one Kentucky Tennessee that's another interesting one uh the line is set at oh Tennessee's a six and a half point favorite See, that's tough because I want to put some money on Kentucky, but I kind of want them to have that touchdown. So if they fall a touchdown behind you win right now, that's like the first way that you lose. Um, I don't know what to think of anybody who plays Mississippi State. The fact that Kentucky beat them 24-2 to last week is certainly a good sign. Um, lost in overtime to Ole Miss the week before. Played a decently competitive game uh, against uh against Auburn uh in week 1 was that week 1 I think it was week 1 but it wasn't until the fourth quarter that Auburn really pulled away Kentucky's a tough team and Tennessee they, they do this thing every couple of years where they start really hot and then it turns out that they actually aren't that good last week Georgia beat them 44 to 21 but Georgia is good, and so that kind of puts this in a tough place. Um, I kind of like Kentucky minus six and a half. Honestly, I might just buy that extra half point so I can get that push if it is seven. Um, but that does seem like pretty good value. I don't think these teams are as separate as it would seem. Um, Louisville, Notre Dame. Louisville's a fun team. I think we've talked about them on here before, but they're basically just like a basketball team. They're super fast. Notre Dame's going to be able to push them around. Um, I kind of like the under in this game. Um, I'm not so sure about Notre Dame minus 16 and a half. That's just a lot of points to be gambling with. Um, Texas A&M, Mississippi State. Texas A&M, only a five-point favorite. I would take Texas A&M in that one um, just because we haven't seen the magic from Mike Leach's air raid offense since week one when they torched LSU. Uh, put up 14 points against Arkansas, put up two points, like we just said, against Kentucky last week. I think you got to go Texas A&M, even though meh, they, they, they may not be living totally up to their hype. Um, LSU Florida postponed, which is too bad because that would have been 
fun to watch Kyle Trask tear that team apart. Um, North Carolina, Florida State. I'm going to stay away. Uh, North Carolina is ranked fifth right now. I think that they might be a little bit overrated. Florida State is really bad, though. And the problem is uh, I just, even though I think North Carolina is a little bit overrated, I think Florida State still will be unable to cover a 13.5-point spread. So I'm staying away from that one. Um, as much fun as it is to watch Sam Howell play quarterback for North Carolina, he, this isn't the week to do it. <laughs> that's going to be a pretty tough game to watch. I, I guess you can watch like the first half hour because that's a 5:30 start, and then at six you get Georgia Alabama, the game of the week. Um, number three Georgia, number two Alabama, maybe the game of the year. I really thought Clemson Miami had a chance to be game of the year. Turns out. Miami just can't hang with Clemson. And I think there's a very real chance that Georgia just can't hang with Bama. And that's why even though Bama is favored by four and a half points, like I, I think that they should be favored by more than that. I'm going to be putting money on Bama to cover that for sure. Um, but that's, that's no disrespect to Georgia's defense. I just think that at this point, what we know about college football is basically that everybody is trying to find their footing and that the lack of a real offseason is kind of making it tough for everybody to put together the pieces. And that's true of everybody in the country except for Mac Jones and his receivers at Bama and for Trevor Clarence and his weapons at Clemson. And I think that if, if Cle we skip the Clemson game, um, but they're playing Georgia Tech, they're favored by 27. That's just too many points <laughs> Like, you're just going to be in misery until, like, the third, fourth quarter when they finally cover that because that's just too many points. Um, but for Bama, though, minus four and a half, that's good value. Uh, and that's going to be a great game to watch. Um, yeah, those are a bunch of thoughts on college football. I'm really excited to sit on the couch and watch all those games tomorrow. And I hope that you guys are, too. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to tell you about world golf tour uh wgt is the most popular golf game uh in the world with over 20 million players uh we have been playing a lot here at dnvr and we want you to play with us if you join the dnvr three clubhouse then you'll be able to play in all of the tournaments um it's it, you play on your phone or on your ipad there's like a desktop version two, like you can just go to the website and Google Chrome or Safari or whatever you use. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we have majors occasionally. Um, the last one, I think the prize was like 200 bucks in cash for first place and like a hundred bucks for second, and a bunch of DNVR swag for uh, third. And what I learned was you can't just jump into those and expect to be successful. You really do have to like ramp up for at least like a week or two and that's what i'm focusing on right now is getting better at this game so that next time one of these big tournaments comes around i won't embarrass myself again um but that's just me i know other people have had a lot easier times picking up on it i'm just terrible at golf games um this is a cool one though with so many realistic courses like Bethpage Black and St. Andrews and Bandon Dunes. You can play with real equipment, like real real life equipment. Um, whatever the top of the line, like ping clubs and Callaways and Titleist, like all of those that they have in the game, which is a lot of fun to play with. Um, 
And you can play so many different game modes. They even have a Top Golf game mode in there. So if you're like jonesing for some Top Golf, but you don't want to drive to Top Golf, you can do it on your phone. Or I bet you could go to Top Golf and play Top Golf on your phone at the top time, same time. Wow, that was a tough one for me to get out. Um, I don't know, just an idea. So pay attention uh, to that. Go to dmvrgolf.com and download WGT Golf today, the official gaming partner of DMVR, so that you can start playing with us. Okay, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, if you guys have any questions, any comments, you can leave them on the post for today's show at thedmvr.com. We'll cover all of those tomorrow. And make sure you tune in tomorrow because the first scrimmage is going to be tomorrow morning. And I'm really excited to hear about what went down, who impressed. And you guys, I, I promise I will tell you as soon as it's over, everything you need to know on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, and I'll see you then. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey. Hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.
like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.